0: What's up, friends? Welcome back, and happy sixty-nine! It is sixty-nine today, and uh, you know, excited to, you know, uh, you know, kind of just give a, you know, we're gonna just gonna go straight forward here on this episode, and and I, I first just wanna say you know, thank you for everyone. You know, the last couple episodes, we've been getting tons of feedback on, uh, you know, reinventing the merch drop. And then some of the things that I talked about as far as, uh, you know, the idea of where does the future of the marketplace live uh, for NFT projects really just been getting some uh, amazing feedback. Uh, and I'm very thankful that, you know, I love that, you know, everyone that shares and if you could do me a favor, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you're uh, enjoying it, make sure you leave uh, a review here. If you're listening on Apple and iTunes, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you Hit that um, subscribe button, and if you 're loving the content, I, you know, I would love you know just a little bit of that social uh, equity, a little of that social love. if you could share this out on your favorite social channel let people know uh, about the podcast i would uh, I would greatly appreciate it and so on this day uh, on this day that i 've actually been you know on on this earth now for 41 years i thought it would actually be just be great to, to i'm going to break down like the 41 you know aspects of nfts and this you know entire web3 that like, kind of culture that i think are are valuable and are things that, you know, we can really, you know, reimagine where this kind of all fits in. And so we're just going to jump right into it. And, you know, they're not in any really particular order. And I'm going to kind of run through them. If not, this will be like an hour and a half episode. Um, but with that being said, of course, I'm starting off with the one that, you know, probably jumps out at me the most. And that's the word serendipity, right? And and serendipity, you know, what does it mean to me? Serendipity means, You know, if we think about, you know, the people that are in our lives, right, are, and I like to think of it as our chosen family, right, those, those that, you know, that we weren't forced to be uh, connected with, not not just because we went to school with people, not because, um, you know, they lived in our neighborhood, but the people that, you know, have come into our lives, that are people that, you know, we care about, that people that that we lean on. Maybe they're business partners, maybe they're, you know, um, best friends, maybe they're, uh, you know, a combination of all of that. And when we think about serendipity, you know, so much of that happens, you know, at a sporting event or a concert or your local bar or at your church or at a meetup, whatever that may be. And, and let's face it, in the digital space online, serendipity maybe existed a little bit in early social media. But thanks to algorithms, thanks to platforms, thanks to really like everything being kind of the data and everything being owned, serendipity in this kind of like digital world has really been lacking, right? Like how do we find our people that aren't connected with us, don't know us, never heard of us, but they share our purpose and they have a common passion like us. And I believe that is like, to me, like the, one of the biggest powers of NFTs because it allows us to unlock that, right? When you're thinking about that NFT, that, you know, it doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter who you are, you know, whatever drew you into that project, you have an opportunity to connect with people um, from around the world. And, you know, it doesn't really matter where your background is or where you live. It really unlocks this like element of, of serendipity. Number two, and remember, we're doing 41 because it is, uh, you know, my 41st uh, birthday here today. Uh, and so number two is like art. And I would just say that kind of like giving art its due, right? And I've been saying this for a while. One of my passions is to really help remove the starving from the starving artist and also allow artists to truly be able to be rewarded, incentivized, monetize the what they do best, right? And I believe the blockchain And NFTs allow that to happen. And it's not just because they're online they're easy to be traded, but we have to remember that percentage, right, that is baked into a smart contract. Every single time one of those digital art pieces or NFTs are sold, a percentage is, is, you know, In you know, baked into that contract that is automatically sent to the artist. And we all know that in you know, traditional offline experiences, most artists that initial sale is really the only thing that they make on most of their art. And unfortunately, most art isn't truly valued or or you know, given its due until way down the road. And I really think art being reimagined, reinvented, but really allowing art to kind of come to life. I mean, how many artists in the world aren't haven't embraced their Artistic, you know, value and what they, you know, what they actually have at just in in their, you know, in their, um, you know, creative, uh, toolbox, because there was no way to really like monetize or make a living or spread that art with the world. And when I say art, it means everything from music to, you know, uh, painting to, uh, you know, spoken word uh, to the idea we can reimagine even, you know, the where all what what does art mean for us, especially even in this digital uh, world. So that's definitely uh, number two. Number three, community. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, I, I really do believe community is the future of business. And the hardest part uh, with community has really been, how do, we, how do we scale community? How do we allow people to have ownership in something online and grow together? And I, you know, there's no question that NFTs and, and, and this whole world kind of like, you know, open that up for us to have kind of like that unbridled um, possibilities you know uh, the the fourth one here is you know i think one of the things that excites me is innovation being really democratized, right? Innovation being, um, you know, I, when we look at, you know, innovative tech and things that have happened in our world, let's face it, most of these great innovations are happening in the Apples, the Amazons, the world of, you know, big tech and big budget. But in this world, in this, you know, blockchain decentralized world, where we're at right now is that I believe even what, like what Mark Andreessen said recently, right? Mark Andreessen said for the first time in his... In his life and, and in his background, besides the, the launch of the Internet, he believes the next three years of blockchain are going to drive the most innovation in our lives that we've ever seen. And I couldn't agree more. And so I think that innovation element is going to be something that is truly um, Something we've never seen before, and we're going to see 14-year-olds uh, innovate. We're going to see 78-year-olds innovate on this blockchain and leveraging all of the things around Web3 that are, are truly possible for us. Number five, digital ownership, right? The, I mean, let's face it, like that idea of digital ownership has not existed, and because something when you when you put something mint something on the blockchain, it is it is permanently there, right? And it, it is written that this wallet at this time with this contract, put something on the on the blockchain, right? So now we have like a permanent record to where that ownership now can really be reimagined. And you know, I'm excited even how Instagram is going to roll out digital ownership. Because if you think about it, if you have a brand new logo or brand, and you print an Instagram post, and you turn it into an NFT, and three years down the road, someone goes to use that, you know, logo, or you know, that trademark. You you now have something that's verified on the blockchain to prove that, hey, you were the first one to do it, right? It's not just like he said, she said. So I really love the power of digital ownership. Number six, transparency. Uh, transparency and technology, transparency in um, you know human connection, uh, and also even transparency with from creator to audience. Right, I feel like for far too long the lack of transparency has allowed people to let's face it, uh, fake it till they make it, sell unicorns, rainbows, and BS. But I believe transparency in not only how something is, is you know, shared on the on the blockchain, but transparency and how on where we we take things, but also transparency in this like open source world, right? I can log in and look at any of the contracts. I can go back into the board ape contract and look at the contract that, you know, that 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 was deployed upon and I can build upon that as a, as a creator. I I will tell you the project that we're launching very soon, you know, is, is really the byproduct of about eight different contracts where I, I love the way different things were done and I'm able to take those different pieces of code, bring it to our tech team, design that in a way that we get to actually, you know, leverage and build on top of each other. And so I really look at that idea, you know, is, is, is really exciting. And that also falls into decentralization, which will be number seven, you know, decentralization really means taking that power away from the platforms and the algorithms and the power it be. Now, I'm not a a decentralized maxi, which, you know, I'm just not like a, I'm not like running uh, through the streets, uh, you know, preaching, you know, decentralized everything, because I believe we have this weird gray space where we, we believe in the power of things being decentralized, but there's a lot of centralized benefits and features and things in our world that we just love. And I think we have to find that balance of where decentralized is essential versus where we need to, to rethink what are the things that kind of go along with that. Number eight, you know, it's, the, it's the term uh, that is used a lot and it's you know, just the term wag me. And I know, uh, you know and wag me stands for we are all going to make it. And I know a lot of people like to attack that phrase, right? And they'll say things like, no, we're all not going to make it. Like, there's bad people doing bad things. And no, we're all not going to make it. Don't give people false hope. I look at, you know, when we think about digital and collaboration, you know, the the essence of this podcast, right, is the, the premise is we are greater than me. And by, you know, for me doing all the research that we've been doing and being able to share that with everyone, that together we lift those rising tide lifts all boats, and so, for me, WagMe really means that rising tide lifts all boats. Now, that doesn't mean that all boats should be risen up. It doesn't mean that there won't be, um, you know, different use cases. But I look at WagMe in the sense of a, a rally call that there hasn't been many things on online that have really brought us together to to share and make an impact. And if you if you're if you're new to this space, or maybe you're trying to convince a friend to come into this space. I mean, let them understand how open and welcoming. I mean, when I reach out to people and say, hey, I know you launched this contract. I would love to you know, learn a little bit more of it so I can learn from mine. Everybody is saying yes and, and embracing that. So I love that part of it. Number nine, uh, it's from, you know, I, I say from algorithms to momentum, speculation and experiences rather than the algorithms determining what we see, how we see it, it's really now we're shifting to this idea where, you know, what is the momentum? what are the, what are, How can we speculate on what is the value of things? And then how can we reimagine experiences? And I think reimagining experiences uh, is super exciting. Uh, number 10, smart contracts really unlocking possibilities. And really what a smart contract is is as simple as it's an if this, then that statement. If someone does this, then do this. If they don't do that, skip over that this part. And that, you know, it can be much more elaborate than that, but what the beauty of that is is a smart contract that is is created and then permanently put onto the blockchain really allows us to not only expand where technology fits, but also allows us to kind of build on, you know, true automation, right? And we're seeing things like uh, DAOs, right? De- Decentralized autonomous organizations, and even where DeFi fits in there. You know, on you know that idea of artificial intelligence and, you know, autonomy, and, and really where we're, we're going to be going with some of these true automation is, is really exciting because what we need to be focusing on is our ability to You know, use tech to scale and amplify, but use people to solve people problems. And I believe smart contracts are a great vehicle for that. Number 11 is that transfer of digital, of offline ownership in a way that has. Um, not only um, can be validated, but allows us to have some verification right so when you 're buying like a used car or you 're buying something on on craig 'slist, for example, and you're, someone says like "Hey, this is you know, whatever this is a, a designer bag I bought, um, and they 're like, "Hey, yeah, meet me at the local Starbucks, and um, I will give you the bag, and you give me the money you know, for whatever that may be." Like, how do we prove that that is the bag that they say that is? And how do we make sure that the person that is arriving there is someone that can be validated and proven, right? Well, as we move into the future, the idea that every one of our like, assets that we buy will have a digital twin, and the fact that when you are interacting with people online, you'll be able to have access to their information and be able to connect those dots. And so that transfer of, of really offline ownership will be really exciting to see how we kind of move forward in that, in this space. Uh, number 12 certification, right? The idea of certifying something saying that, Hey, you did this, this, and this, and I'm verifying that. Well, before, like, let's face it, when we do an online, I mean, I did CISSP. I, I mean, I did, um, you know, a plus I did, um, you know, <laughs> network plus I did all these certifications. And the only thing that I have to prove for them is a piece of paper that is stored somewhere and probably a, a website and a-, a password that I forgot. But imagine if everything that we did, everything that we were certified in was able to be held in our wallet. And whenever we were doing something or a part of something, we were able to pull that information. I think certification is definitely being reimagined. Number 13, rewards worth keeping, right? If I, when we look at like your rewards today, when you stay at a hotel or an airline or even like your local, you know, restaurant or, or gym membership, right? There's nothing worse than building up all of these rewards, let's say at your gym membership and then having to move. And when you move, all of that time you spent building up those rewards are gone because that maybe that gym is not there. What if you were able to take those rewards with you? Or even, what if you were able to resell them on that marketplace to those in that area so you still got the value for what you own, right? Rewards are something that we are given, we, are, we have earned, yet in most cases, they are something that are still controlled by the people that are giving us the rewards. And I really think of this space kind of unlocking that. Number 14 is collaboration. It's pretty simple. We are greater than me. How do we, collab- how do we bring the, the, the brightest minds in the world together? I do believe it's it's leveraging the blockchain and allowing us to be able to work and certify and bring things together in ways um, that we've never really you know even uh, imagined. Number fifteen is kind of on that same lines, uh, co creation. You know, one of the things that jumped out at me at NFT NYC when we were first there uh, last year was how. I've never been at an event that was so diverse in in people's jobs, right? It wasn't as diverse as it should have been with um, with race and sex, but I think we're we're hopefully moving in that right direction. But when I couldn't believe I sat around tables where it was a developer, a VC, an artist, a creator, a marketer, a um, you know a back-end developer, a tattoo artist, you know a um, you know a young up and coming uh, you know leader. You know, just, it's just such a, a beautiful thing, and so. Our ability to co-create, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your background, your sexual orientation, the idea that we can come together and make something, I believe this is where that magic of innovation is going to happen. And that's really where I, I take number 16 in, in uniting our creative worlds, right? Imagine if we were, if we're now able to bring together the, the greatest artists with the greatest musicians, with the greatest spoken word artists uh, um, and we're able to bring them together into one, you know, delivery of a medium, right? We're going to be really rethinking even how we're entertained, even the future of like the movies. Right now we are still living in a, in a movie format that is very, um, you know, cut and dry. Although, you know, we have 3D movies that still feels very like spacey. But what if we were able to kind of reimagine that by bringing technologists together and, and bringing all these creative worlds together, which I think is, is beautiful number uh we're gonna jump number 17 and number 17 is a uh one that you know i talk a lot a lot and it's really what we're building here is the creator economy and when i think of the creator economy it's the idea that we can create our own economy that allows us all to grow together I, i talk about the circle a lot right where Creator Economy is about, you know, like we've all, you know, we've all watched our favorite YouTubers. We're all been a part of something. Maybe we we went and saw our favorite band uh, when we were younger. We we saw that band at the beginning. But how are we rewarded? We 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 were a fan of that band before anyone else was. But as that band got some more successful, did we grow with them as as fans, as early adopters? No. Well, in a creator economy, that's completely flipped on its head. Those that have been, you know, holding ADHD coin here uh, that listen to our show, by simply holding ADHD coin, you've been getting utility and benefits along the way while hopefully also we're bringing up the value and, and we're rising and, you know, everyone's, you know, ability to make, you know, an impact. And we've also created like a, a marketplace where, you know, people are selling shoes and you'll be able to, you can actually, you know, pay for them in ADHD coin. And and I really think of this creator economy as, as not only an exciting kind of, uh, opportunity in front of us. Number 18, well, the metaverse, of course, you know, and the metaverse is an interesting one because it doesn't rely on decentralization. It doesn't need NFTs and cryptocurrency doesn't have to be truly integrated into the metaverse. But when I look at like virtual reality and augmented reality, I think a lot of the limitations, the reason it hasn't been adopted as much as maybe it should have been, is because, let's face it, there hasn't been enough onboarding, there hasn't been enough creative outlets, there hasn't been enough entry points for not only users, but creators, designers, builders in this world. And I look at all of these that the metaverse, the the more successful crypto, NFTs, creator uh, coins, and social tokens are, the more successful they are, the more entry points and opportunities we are going to have to innovate in the metaverse, which is beyond exciting. 19, you know, creator coins, social tokens, right? The idea that we can create our own monetary, you know, uh, components and allow us to build things around that, right? Just that concept, you know, of, of being able to, you know, it's, it's like the rewards that we, we talked about a little bit earlier, but doing it in a way that isn't just one directional, right? It's not a one to many relationship, but it can be a one to many, many to many relationship, which means me giving out rewards as a creator or me giving out coins or social tokens they can then use those to collaborate with others. They can use that to spread and share and, and open up uh, you know, unlimited possibilities, which I think is you know, beyond exciting. Number 20, cryptocurrencies. Right? I think cryptocurrency um, is really changing the way we look at banking, the way that we look at money or even value. I won't even say money. right? When we look at value, what, is, what does value mean? right? And I know people are like, oh, NFTs are, are all, spe- all on speculation and hype. Well, last time I checked, like, why is a Rolex watch watch valuable, right? Why is a Gucci purse valuable? Like, a lot of it is on speculation and hype, right? Like, it's the hype that people have it that, that other people want it, right? It's that supply and demand. It's it's that, you know, need for us to, you know, want and, and desire. And I look at, at, you know, crypto as really changing a lot of those variables. And we have a long way to go in that space. But I also think it's an exciting opportunity for us. 21, reimagining the way that we prove the value of something. And, and that's one that I think is really exciting, right? Because now when we think about like, even let's, let's, let's not even say the proof of the value of something, someone, right? Like someone's credit score doesn't really doesn 't really you know, actually dictate what is the trust that we have with someone 's ability right Someone can make one or two mistakes in their lives or or one or one person can come at them and, and really de, you know derail what who they are but if someone is providing value showing up every day if delivering on everything that they say online if we 're able to prove that through the blockchain and be able to track all of that transparently we 're going to be able to you know, really quantify value of of people, value of things in ways that, I mean, I don't even think right now we've even, uh, you know, thought about it. Number 22 is uh, portfolios that are verified, right? If you think about it from a, a marketing agency perspective, right? Imagine if, after you delivered every one of your, um, of your projects for your client, that that was all put onto the blockchain and the client was able to say, okay, we, we did this and this is, was our results, and it's, it's, you know, it's you minted onto the blockchain. Well, imagine the future where it's no longer like, hey, these are the logos that I've worked with. It's more like, here's access to our, our wallet, which has our portfolios that you can actually see the work we've done, the results we've generated. I mean, it, that to me is really a, a massive shift that we're going to see the more we're able and we're, the technology isn't there yet, right? We need to be able to redesign our wallets, redesign um, even that interaction and how we put things on there, how we organize the data. But we are moving that way without question, which I think can be a super exciting. Um, and number 23 is a fun one. A little shout out to Goblin Town in this one um, is the meme culture continues. You know, let's face it. You know, we need more fun and, la- and laughter and silliness uh, in the world. And the memes have stood the test of time since the beginning of the Internet. Memes have really driven a lot of of this world and memes will continue. Right. The idea that we can now, you know, and I think, you know, even for me, when I think of comedians and I think of of those that are, you know, when we think of a creative you know, meme creators are creatives, right? And someone that can take, you know, a funny photo and add some words on it and, and, and deliver it at the right time, you know, will now be able to monetize and, and grow. And we're seeing that with, you know, a lot of the projects that are out there today, which I think is, uh, is super exciting. Um, number 24, we're saying, I'm talking about removal of censorship, Right. The idea that right now there is way too much censorship from people that should not have that power. And this is a big topic for mine, maybe one that you don't hear a lot on the podcast, but it is one that I am building out a lot on. I've been I've been writing and recording some stuff on this because for me, the idea that if you are if you are someone in the world and you are you are doing something that you love and you're not harming anyone else or or harming yourself, like I will not judge. I do not. I, I support you, but unfortunately, you know, based on religion and politics and money, there are things that in the world that that we that we judge, that we censor, that we regulate, that that shouldn't be there. Right? That shouldn't be censored and regulated. And and I look at that as a, a massive shift, you know, kind of in the right uh, uh, direction with a lot of this idea where you know we shouldn't you know just because someone you know likes this type of art, they shouldn't not be allowed to do it, or just because someone has this job that. makes Makes, you know, gives people pleasure and makes people happy doesn't mean they shouldn't have a bank account. And so, I mean, I I believe. You know censorship, especially in um, in banking, censorship of online platforms, and even censorship of um, you know of amplification uh, of of certain you know races and religions and, and, and people and, and walks of life um, has been going is is something that needs to be massively disrupted, and I, and I am excited to see how we can kind of reimagine that. Uh, number twenty five is you know more than talking about movements; we can now actually make movements happen, prove that we're making them happen. And then even be able to, you know, really take that and, and make the movements activated immediately. What I mean by that is if if we are doing something for social good or, you know, right now this is Pride Month here in June, right? If we are raising money for LGBTQ plus communities, not only can we raise that that, that in crypto or NFTs, but we can get that right in the hands of the people that need it, right? From an education perspective to an empowerment dis- uh, perspective to even maybe supporting those um, that have to go through, you know, um, you know, different surgeries or who have been um, you know in wrongly um, incarcerated and the fact that we can now activate movements at a much faster rate and I mean let's face it people were raising money from Ukraine one evening and that crypto was in the hands of those in Ukraine that were able to use it on the ground within hours that's never happened in our lives and to me that's just one of those exciting opportunities that we have. And that kind of goes into uh, the next one, right? That number 26 is that instant transfer of value worldwide, right? The idea that, you know, I, I've been in foreign countries before. And this is kind of before the, the cell phone early on. Like, I remember trying to get money to me, like, you know, Western Union, a lot of these like things, like there was so many loopholes and so many papers that I need to sign. And, and I'm like, wait a second. Like, I know that person. They know me. I want to give them money so that they can go do what they need to do. Why are there all these middlemen, all these middle, you know, scenarios that people are taking money in and, and taking their own chunk? and it takes more time, we're really going to change that, that variable, which I think is uh, another exciting piece. Uh, we're jumping out 27. Uh, we're getting there towards the, the back end of the year. Um, embracing your passion, right? Like there, I think, you know, there are a lot of people, I know, you know, I'm 41 years old today, right? Today being my birthday. And as a uh, millennial, I was born in 1981, you know, I look at a lot of my peers that were great artists, great musicians, um, ballerinas. You know, there's um, horseback riders. There's a lot of people in my life that I think, man, imagine if they were able to monetize or be able to, you know, share that with more people in the world, what they were able would be able to do, right? Like even Olympians, like right? I, you know, one of the, the like my soapboxes has been like, imagine if we were able to help Olympians actually monetize what they were, you know, they're 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 working their whole lives, and we know that unless you're you get the gold, silver, or bronze, you're not getting paid for a lot of that work, but you're creating, you know, entertainment, you're inspiring people to not give up, you're allowing others to, um, you know, come on these journeys with you, and and for me, this is something that I think, you know, is really exciting as we, um, you know, move forward and, and we kind of push into what's possible, and so I think that, you know, it goes into what I say for number 27, but also 28, with doing what you love and loving what you do. I believe we can reimagine a lot of what we consider jobs or side hustles and figure out ways to collaborate, co-create, but even take those side hustles and make them things that, you know, are much bigger than, uh, you know, just your, your side hustle of the past. 29 is a a use case for everyone, right? If everyone goes back and listens to that episode a little while ago that I created, I talked about all these different use cases for NFTs. I think I gave 40-some, 48 of them. I can't remember the exact number. Maybe it was 41. I don't remember. Um, But for me, the, the use cases are, like, give me a problem... And I will help you identify a way that Web3 can either solve it, can amplify it, maybe give you time, maybe solve us in money, or even reimagine what that is possible, which I think is one of those really cool things that we can, you know, a use case for everyone. Number 30, which probably should have been number one in in like the the start of this, is is the technology that's making all this happen is the blockchain. And eventually, we're not going to care that it's called a blockchain. It's just going to be, you know, the internet layer, you know, next. But the blockchain itself, the fact that this this you know technology has come into existence is why we are going to be able to change how information is shared, how we're going to, be able to take back the power from platforms and algorithms, how we're going to remove some of the centralized um, components that are you know, forcing some censorship on things that, that shouldn't be there. And so the blockchain really is, I mean, it should be the thing we celebrate the most, but it's probably the thing that we talk about the least or we understand uh, the least. But for me, like I started talking blockchain in 2013, 2014, as the concept started to not only be brought to light, but the possibilities of what is what does this universal ledger look like where no one actually owns where the ledger actually sits yet anyone can access it and we can share and have a transparent view on it. Man, the blockchain just gets me excited. 31 offline to online management of expectations, right? One of the things that I look at is like when I'm, I'm a speaker, right? That's my full-time job, which is no surprise to a lot of people. Cause I can talk about this like this. Um, you know, when, when I go to an event, the hardest part is, you know, when I'm delivering my content, I, I don't know who's in the audience, how much information they know, how much they know about me. So I usually have to just kind of like spray and pray and give people the, the talk that tries to cover all the bases. But imagine if through digital, you know, through NFTs and through you know our ability that, of certification on the blockchain, that if I knew when I walked into a room that every person in this room had seen this YouTube video or attended this webinar that I had given, well, now I have a new layer of expectation of 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 expectations of the audience. I know where everyone is at, and now I'm able to deliver more value, more more. I'm really going to be able to hone in uh, my messages. So I actually think that's another one. It's actually offline into online. Right, what we do offline. Online, being able to, to validate that and mint that onto the blockchain I think will be really exciting. Uh, another one when it comes to events number 32, token gating um, offline and online events, right? Like it's been really hard. We all know that like even when someone gives out like a gift card, right? Or they give out a a, 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 co- a coupon, somebody posts it on Reddit, right? And so people when they're when they're looking to buy something, they they jump on and say, you know, do you have a coupon for Best Buy? Or do you have a coupon for you know this um, this store? Well, that's a, that not only makes it hard for rewards and things to be given out for brands, but it also doesn't really serve its purpose. But we are able to really token gate things, right? Where it says, if you bought this and you have it, it's proven on the blockchain, you should get access to this website or this discount code or this event, right? And so, like, I'm really excited about this. This is what we're doing with our merch drops, right? We are token-gating our merch. So it will be a a public website where people can buy a t-shirt, a hat, or a hoodie. But if you're supporting us and you have this NFT or you hold this many ADHD coin, you're going to get a limited edition elements, right? And then we're going to be able to roll out, you know, what we're calling, you know, our our damn merch key, uh, which is a little alpha there. And that Damn, merch key is going to unlock um, rolling, you know, new merch that we're going to see over and over again. Which I think is just another, you know, possibility that is uh, truly exciting about how do we, you know, build loyalty but really reward loyalty across the board. Number thirty-three: the overlay of digital ownership with augmented reality. Now, this is one for me that maybe I wish, maybe I need to just work with some tech people to implement this. But imagine if you were going into you know, imagine if you're sitting, you know, your airplane is delayed and you're sitting at the gate and you were able to either through your glasses or holding your phone up, be able to scan around you and see what other NFTs someone holds or what other things the you know, member, you know maybe there's someone that's a member of an association that you're a member of. Now, for me, because this is decentralized, it would all be opt-in. But if others opted in and said, hey, yeah, if anyone scans around me and they realize that I'm the National Speakers Association and we're sitting in the in an airplane gate, how cool would it be for us to be able to see that and go over and interact? There are so many opportunities that are missed in our lives for magical opportunity, people to be connected. And I believe with the blockchain, with NFTs, and really with a certification, if we have the augmented reality technology, maybe it's like, I, you know, I, wear, I have spectacles, um, you know, Snapchat glasses, which I can, you know, I can take photos and videos with my, my sunglasses, you know, imagine if we were able to overlay things on that, where I was able to do even, uh, you know, more exciting things there, even when we take photos of, of, of people being able to know through that photo, who was in it, you know what they're all about and having that connection. And remember, the beauty of this is it's all opt-in because we're decentralizing the information. The information will be ours and we'll be able to determine if we want to actually share that. All right, number 34, reputation management. Man, this is a big one for me. I really think that this is exciting, right? Because if people are, are, are doing what they say and backing it up and doing it in, in alignment with the blockchain there isn't really any wiggle room there's no black and there's there's no gray area there right and and yes we have a lot of things to go right right now there are people that are trying to manipulate things but imagine if reputation management right is able to be like hey someone can't they can't tell you that because we don't we don't have a way to prove it and we have a way to prove something else right like even something as simple as like being able to track certain you know things within our wallets and how things are are managed like if you know that on this day I bought this or I minted this onto the blockchain that information is going to be really powerful in divorce cases or when people are wrongfully accused of things and to me, that's like a really exciting aspect. And it also falls into digital identity, right? I think our digital identity in, in the future will be something that we, we laugh about in the past where like we should have record and ownership of everything we've ever shared online, right? We should have, it should be all stored in one place for us to access. But right now it's not, right? If you wanna, you wanna know what you posted on LinkedIn, you have to go to LinkedIn. If you wanna remember a blog that you posted years ago, but as we move in the forward, we're going to be able to have our digital identity kind of reimagined and that includes, you know, our past work history, you know, um the, you know, cars we bought, the houses we lived, and the beauty of that is it'll be all at our disposal and then we can determine how to use it because last time I checked, that data and information is ours and for the last 15-20 years, we've let everyone else own it and this is our way of kind of taking that back. Number 36, you know, I this one's a fun one, the future of work where entrepreneurship is no longer the sexy thing or the thing that people believe they want to get into because like my personal soapbox is I, I don't think everyone is built to be an entrepreneur and I think entrepreneur is is too often presented as the only alternative to working for the man or for you know putting in the 9 to 5 but imagine if it wasn't about being an entrepreneur but about tapping into what you do best and being able to to work and, and connect and unit, unite with others that need your skill set, right? The idea that what we do, what, what, are, what are our skills, like what is the value you bring, that should be what we're able to work or uh, to integrate. And I also believe we're going to get to a future where because right now, like, you have to work for a company, one company, because they have to have it, you know, for tax reasons, you have to have all the, you know, your health care and everything. Well, imagine if all of that was decentralized, right? And we manage our healthcare individually, but we also were able to manage our, um, who we worked with individually. Well, then we wouldn't have to be on payroll year round. We'd be able to work with those that needed us as they needed us. And so we would have like a many to many relationship or a one to many relationship in the jobs that we have. And I think a lot of that's going to be facilitated via the blockchain. All right, we're getting toward the end. Number thirty-seven. Good guys, good girls, good non-binary um, will win. And maybe this is just me being um, a, a true optimist, but you know, for far too long, especially in digital, it was the you know bad people doing bad things, and whoever had the loudest megaphone were those that were you know most heard. And and let's face it, you know, so many people. I know many of you are listening to this right now. You are a good person that's doing great things that most people don't know about. And that you could impact so many people and help so many people, inspire so many people, and open so many doors if your story was heard. Well, we know my thoughts on that, right? And I, and I think, to me, that actually goes directly into the next one. And, and really this idea of, you know, how do we make it to where we feel less alone in the world, right? And I say that if you, under, if you like underwater basket weaving and you like doing it in your socks, you should be able to find your people, people that, that share your, maybe they share your exact hobby, maybe they share an, also a very unique, obscure hobby that you guys can, you can bond across that. But for me, this idea of it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, what your passion is, that you should be able to find your people and that you we should be rewarded and celebrated, I believe, is going to be facilitated here. And then the last three are really my, my damn... Cubed. Uh, so these are the last three that I'm going to share here on this one. And so it is press the damn button. It is raise the damn hand, raise your damn hand, and then do your own damn research. Those are the last three here: 39, 40, and 41. Press the damn button. I, I just truly believe you don't know. What works until you put it out there? you don't know how something's going to happen until you do it. You press the damn button, and that goes from content creation to in our lives to the things that you know are around us uh, Of course, number forty being raise your damn hand you know it's so easy for us to you know believe that oh it must be nice to be that person or must that person got lucky well. Part of it is that for, for far too many of us, we're not seizing the opportunities in front of us. And that magic is in, let's just take the action, raise your damn hand, bet on yourself, and you never know what is possible. And then 41, as always, do your own damn research. And what I mean by that more so than anything else is that you, we only have one life. And we, um, I would just put this out there is that you know, align yourself with people that share your mission, share your values, share the things that you care about. And I know that can be difficult. And especially in this world today, when you are over leveraged, you know, I know some people that are in projects where they have so much of their, of their, you know, online wealth is invested in one project or another. And unfortunately, that's a scary thing. And I I think for me, it's actually why, you know, I don't, there's not one project that I own more than 10 NFTs on. And it's not because I don't believe in a lot of projects, but it's because I don't want to ever have to question is, is what I'm doing in the best interest of what I believe should be happening? Or am I being, you know, am I allowing bad things to happen or a person to get away with how they treat people or bullying people or people that, you know, we, we wouldn't really like once we learn about them, we wouldn't want to be aligned with them. But we're kind of like too far down the road. Well, to me, that's part of this, this idea of you know, doing your own damn research and then recognizing the beauty of NFTs is that even if you've you know, bought into a project, you're, you're, you're holding something, but then you realize that the project isn't who, what you thought. Or maybe the person that's leading it is really just a, a, a scummy person or people that are just doing bad things or, or not people that you would ever want to be associated with. The beauty of that is you can sell your NFTs and you can take what you sell them for, even if you sell them for a loss, and then invest them in better things because let 's face it right now, if we want we want to stop the bad people from doing bad things or the the evil people from getting away with what they they make happen, we actually have to take the actions ourselves we have to we have to put our you know it 's not put our money where our mouth is put our actions where our our beliefs are and so for me, you know i there are lots of things i 've done in my life where you know i 've sacrificed you know um, maybe some uh, monetary success or sacrificed some even personal success. Um, because I was very committed to saying, "Hey, this is going to be something that I will—I won't be able to sleep with. I won't be able to look at my myself in the mirror." And you know, I will tell you over the last month and a half or so, you know, being able to get rid of some of the NFTs in my wallet and I'm being able to like rid myself of maybe, you know, Hey, I thought this was a good project. I thought this was a community that I want to be a part of. Eh, I've decided maybe that's not the case. Now I'm able to kind of move forward and it's, I don't have to do it loud. I don't have to bash them. I don't, I don't, I, I would never bash that other, you know, those other projects, but I know for me, it's not what's best and I'm willing to take that action. And I think that's where do your own damn research comes in is that, you know, do your research, be willing to take those actions and move forward. So That's the 41. I mean, holy cow, 41. And it's actually almost exactly 41 minutes. So how about that? So um, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the show. We are on this journey, the 365 days. And man, it is a fun one. And so until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. The show is not financial.